It's been an eventful show already to kick off 2024. If you miss anything here on Amber and Ian, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons. You can find them at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's talk about the future, Ian, of Jim Harbaugh because he avoided another question about his interest in returning to the NFL. Take a listen. Uh, There's a lot of interest in your future. I wonder if you can tell me what the chances are that the championship game might be your last one at Michigan. (laughs) My future consists of a happy flight back to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Can't wait. Uh, That was a good way to sidestep the question that we all are waiting for the answer to, Ian. Uh, and he's a master at that, Amber. Uh, and again, I understand asking the question, even though in that moment he's focused on, you know, his guys and Blake Corum and JJ McCarthy and go on down the list and the seven offensive linemen that are going to be, you know, drafted, including Zach Zinter, who is a captain at right guard who got hurt, but he's still going to go. I mean, worst late day two. Um, yeah, I, I understand why he avoided the question, but it, it, it's worthy of it. Because of all the NCAA sections, you know, and Connor Stallions, who, by the way, Connor Stallions, Amber, um, there's pictures of him at the Rose Bowl. So in the stands, of course, in the stands, to be clear, right? Not on the sidelines. In the stands, not wearing another coaching uniform from another school, or not at the Sugar Bowl. (laughs) Right, not at the Sugar Bowl. The potential uh, Michigan opponent, who now is the Washington Huskies, but I understand him sidestepping that question. I I do. but is he gone? I think he is. Because if he, if he wanted to stay at his alma mater, you know, with everything that's surrounding that program, with NCAA sanctions and everything else, and uh, the contract that has a no NFL clause in it by all reports, and him finally hiring a, an agent in Don Yee, Tom Brady's former agent, to me, Amber, now, I mean, you're a lawyer, so you know this stuff better than I do as far as reading into things like this, but... You know, that, that, that tells me he's got one foot out the door after he finally achieves, if he can, against a Washington team that has been an underdog half the damn year, and they have found ways to win. If, and I mean it's a big if, Michigan does beat Washington in the natty, right, then if that happens, win or lose, I think, actually, I think he's out the door. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's gone, and I think he's gone, for me, the moment where I was pretty darn convinced of it was when he hired Don Yee, because Yee, not just Tom Brady's agent, but a big-time agent in the NFL, he also represents Sean Payton, and for me, that's like, okay, you're hiring the NFL agent with the experience of negotiating NFL coaching contracts. You haven't felt the need to have that agent while you're negotiating with Michigan. There would be zero reason if you're staying at Michigan to all of a sudden bring in the agent. You know, it's not like you're changing positions at Michigan. It's not like you're the coordinator and you're trying to negotiate a head coaching contract. You're just renegotiating a new contract with Michigan. You could do that in the same way that you've done it all along. Why hand anybody a percentage of your salary? There'd be no reason to. The only reason you're willing to hand somebody a percentage of your salary is if you need them to actually really do real work for you and you getting Michigan to re-up you ain't real work by the way I have no idea what's happening on our zoom right now I just why saw do you, you have fireworks going on behind Zoom. you 
I have no idea. I don't normally bring in to the radio show what's actually happening on the Zoom. I have no idea. My internet went down on my computer, and so I had to pull up Zoom on my cell phone so that you could see me, because we all do this show remotely. If you aren't aware out there, Ian Fitzsimmons is in Dallas. I'm in Sarasota, Florida. James and Rachel, our producer and our associate producer, are up in Bristol, Connecticut at ESPN HQ. So we're all remote. We're all on a Zoom. I pull up my cell phone Zoom, and all of a sudden there's fireworks going on. I'm not touching it, guys. I'm not, I don't know what's happening. If I turn it to a cat in a second, it's not my was fault. the best part. Like, was this a celebration of her opinion on Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> I mean, it was an excellent take, actually. I would, I, you know, I think, I think this show would be better if just every time I had a good take, all of a sudden fireworks went off. I mean, that would be so festive. Nothing, nothing happens when I have a good take out here. Everyone just forgets it. When I have the bad takes, they remember those. Especially James. But back to our regularly scheduled program without the fireworks uh, behind you. I I think Harbaugh's done. Um, And if it's, you know, to me, the number one player in the clubhouse is the Chargers. Everyone talks about the Bears, but a lot of people forget about it's not just that Harbaugh, yes, was he a, 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 a beloved quarterback in Chicago? He was. But so many forget that. The team president for the Chicago Bears right now is the former commissioner of the Big Ten. And Kevin Warren and Jim Harbaugh didn't exactly have a, shall we say, kumbaya type, you know, uh, amicable relationship. They didn't like each other. So do you think Kevin Warren is going to sign off on Jim Harbaugh becoming the, the head coach of the Chicago Bears? I don't see it. And oh, by the way, the Bears have gotten better. I mean, they, as the year has gone on, maybe, maybe a certain head coach and GM combo in Chicago have saved their jobs. But uh, to me, Amber, I think that the number one leader in the clubhouse right now for Harbaugh, and, and, and it's amicable. I mean, it goes both ways. Chargers to Jim, Jim to the Chargers makes a lot of sense. It makes sense. It certainly makes sense when you consider who the quarterback is there, the level of talent on that roster. It's a job from that perspective that's very, very attractive. And so you would understand why there'd be a lot of potential NFL head coaches that would be looking at that job and salivating over what they could get done with Justin Herbert. The problem with that job is that ownership isn't exactly known as the most uh, spendy, so to speak. So are they going to come up to the the table with Jim Harbaugh money now that he's hired Yee as his agent and he's going to be negotiating? I mean, whoever he's got 10 years, 130 on the table, right? In Michigan. Exactly. Whoever ends up hiring him has got to beat that. And then some, because he's going to be with that coming into this, these negotiations with that expectation. I just don't know. I, I don't know if it's one of those things where we, talk about that ownership group as, as being cheap, but really here we'll see a We know Dave Tepper isn't, right? We know Dave Tepper, you know, owner of the Carolina Panthers, is not cheap. That's true. Now, so, Tepper has would, not would that had be a success fit? with the hires that he's chosen, but that could be a fit. There, there are other places like that. Do you are you interested if you're Harbaugh in Bryce Young? That would come down to that, right? Like that part that is part of your evaluation. If you're a coveted coach and you saw us go through this last season with Sean Payton, if you're a coveted coach that can have his pick of jobs, and there's not a ton of them, but if you can have your pick of jobs and Harbaugh is going to be one of those guys going back to the NFL, then you're going to be taking a close look at 
at that roster, who you're stuck with in terms of player personnel and who you have to develop. And you ain't taking the job, even if the money's great, unless you believe in the guy under center. Yeah, and here's the kicker, right? You have the left tackle and Rayshon Slater. You have the quarterback, obviously, and Justin Herbert. And anytime you talk to any coach at Michigan, when I, when I had him earlier this year and I was asking, you know, hey, when it comes to J.J. McCarthy, who do you try and show him film of, right, when it, when it comes to improving as a college quarterback to get ready for the next level? You know what they said, Amber? Justin, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. That's it. Yeah, and he's that guy. There it is, yeah. And, and Harbaugh, I mean, it's that, that to me is the most natural fit. And I know the Raider job is open, but I think Antonio Pierce is starting to earn, even with a loss to the Colts this weekend, I still think that the way the players fight for that guy, and I had him you know, in his first game as an interim head coach against the Giants, it was a completely different feel from the security personnel to the players, to the coaching staff, you name it. I think Antonio Pierce has got a legit chance to have the interim tag taken off of his name and be the head coach of the Raiders. They blew that with, with you know, Basaccia earlier and, and not keeping him. So I don't think that's – I don't think the Raiders will be in play. And I think Harbaugh, back to the NFL, the number one landing spot is the Chargers. Also, the Raiders, yeah, what are you doing with that quarterback position there uh, as well? Um, and sorry, I have my computer sound on. <clears throat> now that I went back to my computer, Zoom there. Uh, see, fireworks. You know, I'm the one who normally has the technical sound. difficulties, Amber. You're making me feel so great. I literally walked into my house, into this studio, six minutes before we came on air, coming back from the Sugar Bowl due to travel issues. And you are making me feel so blessed that it's not just me that has these issues with that damn thing known as technology because your ceiling right now looks phenomenal yeah well i listen i uh, am a little frustrated with uh the technology tonight but it, i'm a little rusty because it's 2024 and i uh, james steel is looking at you not like, exactly I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not in the zone. We've been off for a little bit here from this radio show. So we have to get back in the zone. We're going to continue to try to do that next year on Amber and Ian coming up. Why is there so much drama with the Steelers this season? ESPN radio is also on the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any, you know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Some theme with the music tonight from Rachel Robinson. 
I'm off. I, I'm, as I'm, per usual, Ian, have not been doing a good job paying yeah, attention to the music whatsoever. I know this one, though. This one's Father of the Bride to me. Excellent movie. One of the best movies ever made. So my girl, Mike Isn't- Gundy, head coach Oklahoma State, actually referenced this song in our post-game interview where he was on his playlist for getting ready for the bowl game. He had Fleetwood Mac, Quiet Riot, and The Temptations. Now that's a tri- that's, that's, that's a trilogy right there, right? I mean, you're mm-hmm. going like, you know, what, what? You had Fleetwood Mac, Quiet Riot, and The Temps. So, Amber is I, – I can't figure out Rachel tonight. I, I got no shot. I got, I'm, I'm done already. Well, so what do we have? So, I know we had Macklemore Can't Hold Us. That's one that's throwing me off okay. right there. We had Sir- My Girl – what else? Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back. Okay. And Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah, I got no shot. So there you go. That's what we have so far tonight with whatever theme that Rachel Robinson no has, the show within the show that she does. You can always tweet to us if you figured it out, at Ian Fitz ESPN, at Amber W Sports. Rachel, what's your Twitter? X. What's your X? Uh, fun fact, I don't really use it. I'm that wow. person. I'm that millennial. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, disgraced all millennials, uh, this, this Rachel Robinson. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. At J so Steele 56. There you go. At J Steele 56. You yeah, can write to James as well if you have figured out along, yeah. Rachel's music theme. Uh, there you go. James did me too. <laughs> To leave you out. So J-S-T-E-E-L-E. Can you tell this is our first show back out after the holidays? I think that's good. I think we got it. So we are trying to figure out Rachel's music selection tonight. We're also trying to figure out what's happening with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another winning season for Mike Tomlin. Ian, it's going to be, what, 17 in a row or something unbelievable. Never had a losing season. Remarkable. Yeah, even though all Steelers fans apparently want to fire Mike Tomlin Why? every year. Now, here's my question. Start right there, Amber. Why would you want that? They're, who are you spoiled. going to go and get that is better? Who, who are you going to get that's better than that guy? You're not. But Thank you. It's a spoiled fan base that winning seasons isn't good enough. They're not trying to just win the regular season. They want to win in the postseason. It's been a long time since they've done that. But also, that doesn't grow on trees, nor do Super Bowls. And so for them, I think they feel like they're stuck in this era of mediocrity. And I'm here to tell you, it ain't mediocre. If you have 17 winning seasons in a row, that's not mediocre. That's on the other side. That's on the right side of the equation there. So you have to be very careful what you wish for. The grass ain't always greener. And that could never be more true than I think when we're talking about a coach that he could walk out that door, Ian, if he did, in fact, get fired like all these Steelers fans want. And every other team that has a coaching vacancy in the NFL, every other one would be in a frenzy bidding all sorts of millions of dollars to get that guy. You could not be more correct, whether it's the Chargers, the Panthers, heck, even the Raiders right now, right, with Antonio Pierce, who has done a very – sound and solid job as the interim head coach for the Raiders. Man, if Tomlin is available, you will have several NFL teams fire their head coach to go hire right. Mike Tomlin. So Pittsburgh, I un- we understand that you are not, I want to say spoiled, but you are, you feel like 
every year you should be contending for a Lombardi. Well, guess what? Because you've never had a losing season with Mike Tomlin, you know what you're doing every year? You're in the playoff hunt. And once you're in the playoffs, guess what? As Bill, as Bill Parcells famously said when he was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, once you get into the tournament, everybody has a shot. Every team has a legit chance to go and win the Lombardi. And every year with Mike Tomlin, you have a chance to go and win the Lombardi. So be careful what you wish for because my biggest question, and this goes to like Ohio State fans right now also, who are going, well, maybe Ryan Day shouldn't be our head coach. Man, who the hell are you going to get that is better than Ryan Day right now in Ohio State? And, and, and Pittsburgh fans, who are you going to go and get that is better than Mike Tomlin? And until you answer that question, shut the hell up. <laughs> and, and you're very passionate about it, but also – it's very, very true, James. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, I think we've done this a couple of times before, too. We've talked about Tomlin and whatever they were losing to two, what, two and 10 teams in a row uh, earlier in the season. There comes a time, I think, we, I mean, we saw with Andy Reid in Philadelphia, right? Where it's just like, it's not that Mike Tomlin's not yeah, a good head coach that's anymore. It's a different conversation. Is there, like, is, it, is, is his voice lost in the that, room? That's is a different it, conversation. That, that is a, that's an internal discussion, right, where it comes to ownership and your general manager about has the voice been lost, okay, versus a fan base going get rid of the head coach. Because Bill Cowher famously said, you know, when he retired as a head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, at times – after a decade or so, your voice does not resonate as well as it did in the building. I'll never forget that quote. And what? And, and he went on to say, Amber, whether it's the NBA, college football, Major League Baseball, uh, there comes a time where your voice does not carry the same weight. But I don't think that is the time right now in Pittsburgh because you listen to guys like T.J. Watt and on down the line, the leaders of that team, they still they want to suit up for Mike Tomlin and the guy next to him. So I don't think his voice, James, to your point, has gone and gone stale in, the, in that building. Amber, do you agree or disagree? I think this is more of a fan base thing than an internal thing. I think it's a fan base thing as well, but I do think it's fair to criticize some things this season with Mike Tomlin. For example, even what we're witnessing right now with Mason Rudolph, where all of a sudden Mason Rudolph, right, they're, he's leading the way for them. He's gotten them now to a winning season for Mike Tomlin to accomplish this goal that just a few weeks ago seemed like some, the first time that we were going to see him finally have a losing season. Then he makes that switch to Mason Rudolph. He actually seems to have found something. It's the third quarterback he's tried this season. Mason Rudolph's been on that roster the entire season. So you could criticize that, right? Like, why wasn't that decision made sooner if, in fact, Mason Rudolph fits the system better or he's the guy? There's been drama all season long. There's been players that look like they're taking snaps off right when they're on the field I, we've seen the drama we know now Kenny Pickett apparently there's all these rumors even though yes they're denying them where Kenny Pickett is not suiting up he doesn't want to suit up against Seattle even though he was cleared to play medically because he didn't want to be a QB2 to Mason Rudolph there just seems to be a lot of drama this season and from that perspective I think you can criticize it Ian it, I'm not suggesting that Mike Tomlin's Teflon 
in the sense that you can't criticize him. I think it's ludicrous to call for his job. If you're a Steelers fan, I think that is being a bit spoiled because, again, the grass ain't always greener, and I'd take 17 winning seasons in a row as a Miami Dolphins fan, but that doesn't mean that there is no room for criticism here this season. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, can you criticize and should you? Yes. But if if you're calling for a change, again – who are you going to go and get that is better than Mike Tomlin? That's a simple I don't know. question. I mean, I, and, and, if, and it goes Mike to Ohio Tomlin... State fans also. I mean, it, 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 again, Ryan Day, you have Ohio State fans screaming that he, he should be should be replaced. Who the hell are you going to go get that's better than Ryan Day? Right. Who, who are you going to get that's better than Mike Tomlin? Until you answer that yeah. question, folks, <laughs> you've got a good coach. If you have a good coach... Even if you don't think that he's, you know, even though he's not, even if he's not when you want a Lombardi every single year, right? Or a Natty every single year. If you've got a good coach that always has you in, in the, the conversation, in the hunt, on the bubble, in the mix, whatever you want to say, then you need to stick with that guy because the next guy or gal one day certainly may not be that. Mike Tomlin has had a lot of success there in Pittsburgh, and we will see if he's able to replicate it. Coming up, we will get into plenty more NFL topics with a former Bears defensive end. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. College Football National Championship game presented by AT&T will be right here on ESPN Radio with our very own Ian Fitzsimmons on the call. That, of course, happens Monday, January 8th. Coverage with Ian and his friends will begin <laughs> At 6.30 p.m. East. Are they your friends? I mean, I don't know. I was, I was being nice. Yeah, it's Chris Budden, uh, Greg McElroy, Sean McDonald. Let's go. Come on. There you go. Uh, they better be your friends. Uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern is when the coverage of that begins. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So, Ian, the Chicago Bears are going to have the number one overall pick for a second season in a row. Things get very interesting here on what they're going to do with that pick because that Justin Fields guy who's been playing under center for them certainly shows sometimes of some significant promise, but also he doesn't have the promise coming out of college that Caleb Williams had. So what are they going to do? Let's bring in some help with all things Chicago. Alex Brown, former Bears DN, NBC Sports Chicago, joining us here on Amber and Ian. And Alex, thanks as always, for your time. So let's start with Justin Fields. He's playing well once again. That makes the conversation all the more difficult around that number one pick. Or am I wrong? I mean, do you think that this decision was already made weeks ago? No, I I don't think it's – well, first of all, thanks for having me on. And, uh, no, I don't think it was made. I think you have to go through the process um, with Ryan Poles and his staff all the all the guys that do all the homework over the off season, and you got to do your homework on Caleb Williams. You have to do your homework 
on um, Drake May. You have to do your homework on Jaden Daniels, even J.J. McCarthy. Like, you got to do your homework on all these quarterbacks that's coming out. And if you feel like they're a better fit for your team, then you got to pull the trigger, maybe not with the first pick, because that's a lot of draft capital you'd be giving up unless you're just absolutely sold that Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels or Drake May is the guy. Then you go with, uh, you go with Fields and you build around him. Because regardless which quarterback you go with, you're gonna have to get um you're gonna have to build a football team around him. So regardless if it's Fields or a rookie, doesn't matter. Alex, I, I've not been around Justin Fields since week one of last year or week two of last year. But I saw him a lot at Ohio State covering college football. You you are around him. So if Ryan Poles were to come to you, uh or anybody in the front office were to come to you going to Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, you know, meaning you, you can trade that number one overall pick away and get three ones, two twos, and and whatever else, right? I mean, you can get a haul for that number one overall right. pick. What would you do? What would you tell them? Man, that is a that is a tough question, and that's the money question. I would say to uh, I'd say to build a team. Honestly, I would say build a team, but you have to take in consideration over the past seven, eight years. What have the Chicago Bears been able to do and what they haven't done? What they haven't pulled the trigger on is the opportunity they had to get Deshaun Watson, the opportunity they had to get a um, Patrick Mahomes, the opportunity they had to get last year with C.J. Stroud. So you're passing on all these quarterbacks when, in fact, you're actually looking for a quarterback. So it's it's very tough, and it's going to be a very tough uh, uh, a tough situation when it comes to that pick because you don't want to pass on the next great quarterback again. So that so, it sounds like you don't believe that Justin Fields is a great quarterback. Well, well, I, I think you can win with him. I just think you need to build a team around him. I think um, – I, I don't know if he makes the guys around him better. Um, I think you also have to take in consideration that when he's dynamic, he is running. And we've seen Joe Burrow go down. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks go down this this year. And when Joe Burrow goes down or when Tom Brady went down, they come right back because they're not that scrambling type of quarterback. And if Justin Fields loses a step, if he gets hurt or something like that, that's a huge investment that you just uh, you, it just went up in smoke because he's no longer that dynamic guy if uh, if something happens that happened to – uh, Tom Brady or uh, Joe Burrow or somebody like that. So it's not that I don't think he can be great or be really good and help you win. It's just I'm looking at the hey, the, it's right there. He's ten wins I think in the last thirty two games or something like that. So thirty three games, he has ten wins. Is that all his fault? No. But when the quarterbacks win, that's not all their fault either. I mean, it's not always they're the reason that they're winning. So I think out in San Francisco, we're really looking at a quarterback that he's getting, he's getting a lot of press. He's getting a lot of uh, favoritism, but he has a hell of a team around him. So, uh, but Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from him, but you have to build a team around these guys. 
Alex Brown, former Bears D end, uh, Gator great as well. That's not relevant to this conversation. I don't care. I'm going to say it anyways. Always is. It always, always is. Gonna, it's always <laughs> relevant, right? Alex, you can check him out on NBC Sports Chicago. So one of the reasons that Justin Fields hasn't done some of that winning, though, is because they mm-hmm. did tear this thing all the way down to the studs, right? And they've tried to rebuild mm-hmm. it back up. There are some reports coming out, Alex, that there's some frustration in the locker room about the idea of going through that again because some of these players already went through all of that nonsense and now you're going to try to bring in a rook and and build around him and what is that going to mean do you think from a locker room perspective that it will cost the bears at all if they move on from justin fields no i mean i I don't think so because at the end of the day all these guys have a job and they're going to go out and they're going to do their job. Now, they may not be happy with some things that happen, but that isn't their job. To make those decisions, that isn't their job. So their job is to go out and perform for what the team is paying you to do. So you go out and do your job. Hopefully you're happy with some of the players that they choose to keep. No 53 players are the same every year. There's always changes, always turnover. It's just – If they want to keep, let's say you want to keep a coach, you want to keep the quarterback in place, well, win. If you win, then that quarterback's not going anywhere. So whether it's DJ Moore, whether it's uh, Mooney, I don't know if even Mooney's coming back next year, but uh, Cole Komet, any of these guys, if you want to keep your quarterback, then win. I think they're doing a heck of a job at the end of the season to, like, make a case. And when, when you talk about the Bears having the number one pick, it's a lot different from last year when we're actually the worst team as far as record goes. And now you're looking at a team that was a fringe playoff team. Had they won one of those three games that was pretty much improbable for them to lose or impossible for them to lose, but they ended up losing them. If they win one, then they're really on the verge of making a playoff and you have that number one pick. So um, I don't think it's going to be crazy either way, but a lot of people in Chicago say they really trust polls. I just hope that, they stand by that regardless if Pose keeps uh, fields or if he um, decides to go with uh, Caleb Williams. Has Matt Eberflus been on the road to saving his job? Because a lot of people I don't think realize that Kevin Warren, mm-hmm. you're, you're the team president there, and Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. who's obviously been rumored you know, with the Chicago Bears, they don't like each other. As a matter of fact, Kevin Warren can't stand Jim Harbaugh. So <laughs> is Eberflus on, on the road to saving his job the way that this team has performed in recent weeks? I think I think uh, when Eberflus came in here and you're and you're touted as a defensive uh, a defensive coach and your defense is giving up 30 points a game, well, uh, that doesn't bode well for you keeping your job. Over the last 10 weeks, they've been doing a heck of a job. I think they've been the reason that the team has been winning. And Justin is just not turning the ball over. They're running the football a lot more. But I think uh, Eberflus is doing a really good job uh, of keeping his job or letting everybody know that he is worthy and he's turning this thing around, just give him a little more time. But he needs more pieces, and I think we have the draft capital to to give him those pieces. It's just that that whole quarterback thing, um, they want to know that's going to be the question if they want to replace Justin Fields. That's That's the one. So I think they can win with him, but you do have to do your homework on these quarterbacks because you don't want to miss on Patrick Mahomes, you don't want to miss on uh, C.J. Stroud. You don't want to miss on these quarterbacks that's coming in. So it's going to be it's going to be tough, but it's going to be a really really exciting four 
for um four months coming up. Is Ryan Poles' job secure? Is this definitely whatever they do with this number one pick? Is this definitely going to be a Poles' decision? Oh, I think it will. Yeah, I think it will be. See, I think um what <clears throat> if you keep if the whole thing is crazy because if you if you keep um, Justin Fields, you're almost saying that you're going to keep Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator, and Eberflus because you don't want to force a new offensive coordinator to inherit Justin Fields. If you get rid of Eberflus, you don't want to force a new head coach to inherit Justin Fields. So if Eberflus isn't there, then I think they blow the whole thing up, and then they start over and they get a new quarterback and all that. But if you're going to move forward and give it another year, then I think all of them comes back, including Luke Getzey, uh, the offensive coordinator. So um, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, there's a lot of different ways it can go. But we are – it's a very exciting time to be the person at the other end of the phone that everybody's going to be calling for that number one pick, and you ultimately get to make, make the decision. And hopefully you're able to give it to somebody like Carolina who's going to have another bad year, and you could quite possibly have the number one pick again. So with a really good team. Different note. Amber referenced you're a Florida Gator. You're a two-time All-American. You're in the Gator Hall of Fame. Opt-outs in college football when it comes to bowl games. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, because what happened with Florida State was wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that – was, and Kirby Smart went off on that, head coach of Georgia. What do you, How do you fix – what do you do when it comes to college football, bowl games, and opt-outs? Mm, well, I, I'm just – I'm saying this with a smile, okay? I'm saying it with a smile, but it's three-time All-American. I mean, like, second team once. So, but um, but Not other bad. than that, as far as the <laughs> – but for... – It was off the top of my head, man. I, I just got off the plane from the Sugar Bowls. So I, I, I went to – I shorted you one All-American. My bad. But anyway, got knocked out. Last ahead. time he was on That's with okay. us as well, by the way. <laughs> I really, honestly, I think I really don't think I don't think you can fix it. I think that the it's a different age, it's a different players. They grow up different. They come through the college ranks different. They think about the NFL. They, I mean, we we just lost a running back, ETN, and he went to the rival Georgia. It's a totally different time. So these kids now, if if it's one game and it doesn't truly mean anything as far as winning a national title, I mean, if it was my son, I'd tell him to sit out because you're you're literally five months away from, it, especially if you're Marvin Harrison Jr. or if you're Keon Coleman or you're one of these top guys and you're just you're simply playing in the game to help the school make more money, but putting yourself at risk because if one of those kids go down with a knee injury. He's going to fall. He's going to fall to the third round, fourth round, if he was a mid-first-round pick. He's absolutely going to do it, and nobody's going to remember that he made that decision to play with his team, and nobody's going to give him like credit for that, or he ain't going to get any money for that. Nobody's going to replace that couple million dollars he's going to miss out on. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I I don't know how you fix it, honestly. I I don't think you will. I think this will, this is the new norm, and we're going to have to move forward with this. Just make sure you're in a game, the playoffs, or some game that means something. A lot of the the younger, like Liberty, when I watch Liberty play Oregon, 
all of Liberty players are playing because in that particular instance, Liberty has an, an opportunity to make a statement, and I think all those players feel the same way. That's how we felt. We wanted to make a statement. There was nothing back in 2002 for us to play for, me, myself, to play for against Maryland in the Orange Bowl. Outside of, I love Florida and I want to end it the right way. So I don't think that's the same thing anymore because these kids, they, I mean, just look at Penix Jr. Penix Jr. has been at what, three schools? Mm. Like, it's just, it's not the same. So the kids don't feel the same. They don't feel the same about the school they're with. I'm never, I was, my gosh, I would have never gone to Georgia and play. Ever. Heck Florida no. State, Miami. Like, I, there's no way I, I, I could do that. And you watch these kids just transfer to the team that they just six months ago was screaming up and down that they hated this team. And now they're going to play for them. See, that's, I mean, it's just different. It's different. These kids ain't loyal, Alex. These no. kids, you tell them. No. These kids, these kids, I couldn't even apply to any of those schools. I couldn't even bring myself to apply. And I didn't no. play any football because I was a Gator at heart through and through. Alex Brown, he is a Gator at heart through and through as well. Also no former doubt. Bears D-end. You can always check him out. NBC Sports Chicago. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we can unpack a little bit about what we just heard there from Alex Brown. Plus, there are a lot of NFL stories that I want to get to. We'll do some quick hitters in a hurry-up round of NFL next. We were going to do a segment here of NFL topics, and we are going to get to those a little bit later here on Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. But I wanted to give an opportunity to Ian to react to what we just heard from Alex Brown because Alex Brown Gator great three time all American he will continue to remind you Ian every time he's on with us but you asked him at the end of that conversation and if you missed any of that conversation or anything here on Amber and Ian check out the podcast on the ESPN app at the end of the conversation with Alex Brown you asked him about his thoughts on essentially the transfer portal and the opt-outs in college football for these bowl games. And he said it's the changing landscape, of course, of college football. And it was pretty interesting. He did say that even if it was his son at this point, even though he would have never himself done it and could not have imagined a world when he was playing where he didn't give it his all to the bowl game, even though the bowl game wasn't actually for anything, he would tell his son in today's day and age something quite different in terms of advice. Yeah, and this is all, I mean, for people who don't understand uh, the, the, the current landscape, what it was beforehand, right? This, this is very new, these opt-outs. And it's a lot of it is due to NIL and the transfer portal where guys like Devin White, right? It was big news where Devin White, former LSU All-American linebacker, and Joe Burrow's first year at LSU, the 10-win team, they're going to play you know, in the Fiesta Bowl. And Devin White goes out there and plays. And people were shocked because he's a surefire top five pick, and he ends up going number five to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he had a very simple answer. I mean, when he was like, why, why are you risking injury? Why are you going out here? He goes, these are my guys. I got one last chance. This is it. I have one last opportunity to go out here with my boys and play for LSU. Devin White is an outlier. I mean, look, and this, this big conversation now 
is really come to the forefront, and it will be for a while, Amber, because of what we saw with Georgia and Florida State, where Florida State had 29 opt-outs. Texas A&M, I called the Texas Bowl. You know, they had 30, 30 guys did not play in that game, whether it was due to transfer portal or opt-outs. And it, it's a different world that we're living in. And how do you fix it? Amber, I'm the first to say, I have no idea. Like Alex just said, he has no idea how do you fix it or is it fixable because of the portal. And it, it is truly free agency where every school does not have the same salary cap. And it should be. There should be a uniform collective number. And for people who don't know what the collective is, every school has a, quote, collective where they all their boosters and their jock sniffers, right? They throw money into this one pool, and that's where you go and pay players. Well, Texas has a different collective than name a school, UTSA. Yeah, that oil money's good in the state yeah. of Texas. That it, oil money's real in, in good the NFL, in the state of Everyone's playing by the same rules. You have the same right. salary cap. In college right. football, you don't. And then for players – they're hitting the portal, and it's basically free agency. Where Mike Gundy told us last week, remember that conversation with him? It's $2 million for a star quarterback in the portal. And the opt-outs are real. So how do you fix it? And with these guys that are not Devin White, that that are not going to go out there like Bo, Bo Nix is a top 10 pick and just mm-hmm. went out one last time with his guys. They are outliers, Amber. And if you have a great idea how to fix it, I'm open to it. Because I don't have one. Because the Bo Nixes and the Devin Whites, they're 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 rare in this day and age. Well, I don't have a great idea how to fix free agency, essentially, because I don't want to, first and foremost, because I see coaches do it. You can go from Oklahoma to USC, right? You can go from Notre Dame down to LSU. You can do whatever the heck you want if you're an adult. And by the way, these kids also are adults. So why can't they chase the money just like the adults in charge of that sport do? I understand that, right. But the opt-outs, you have to make the bowls count for something. That's the way to fix it. I think the expansion of the college football playoffs will help that because at least then you can tell yourself, if I get injured, it was for something. I can understand where those Florida State players thought to themselves, what the heck am I going to go out there for and put my body on the line when, by the way, I just did that and won every single game and still nobody believed in me. Still, there was no reward for all of my hard work all this season. Why am I going to do it one more time? There was no incentive to do it. Now, in an expanded playoffs, they all would have been out there. I believe that. For the most part, maybe the transfers would be the different story. But otherwise, I think the opt-outs, they would be there because they would be playing for something. We're going to play for something. Continuing on here on ESPN Radio.